Coming up on the George Farmer podcast. And what types of liquid fertiliser are there? Haven't I seen you mix dodgy looking bags of white powder in the kitchen before now? (laughs) Hi everyone, George here and welcome to the George Farmer podcast. I'm your host. And I'm your co-host, Emma Farmer. The aim of the George Farmer podcast is to make aquascaping more accessible and digestible. And today in episode eight, we are going to talk about liquid fertilisers. Such an exciting topic, Emma. I can't wait, George. I've really been looking forward to this one. (laughs) And before we dive into the exciting topic of liquid fertilisers, tell us what you've been up to this week, George. Yeah, really uh, interesting week. We actually managed to get round to stripping down the Aquascaper 1200 at last. So we took out all of the plants, took them down to a new project down in London for my friend and colleague, uh, Matt Amen from Amen Aquatics. So those plants have been reused. We also did a article on the Aquascaper 1200, a final article for Practical Fishkeeping magazine, so you can expect that to come out in the next couple of months or so. And had a really great call with Awaze. You, many of the listeners may know I'm a, an Awaze ambassador, so I had a, a Teams call with those guys, and we discussed lots of things, but the one kind of sneak kind of preview I want to give you guys that are listening is that there will be a brand new filter coming out soon, the Biomaster 850 Thermo. Many of the guys and girls that follow me on my YouTube and Instagram will know that I'm a huge fan of the Oase Biomaster filters. And the 600 is currently their biggest filter, but they're upgrading it to something even bigger, which is the 850. So hopefully this week we will get the first ever model of that in the UK and I'll do an unboxing video of that very soon. So that's super exciting. As usual, a couple of Tropica videos, a plant profile on the Vallisneria spiralis tiger. And then I did a minor rescape on the Oase style line 125. So switched some plants around, added a little bit of new hardscape. So you can expect a, a new video to be released on that very soon. And also we did a unboxing video of the brand new Felix Smart, which is a groundbreaking device. And you can check out the full details on that on my YouTube video. I will leave a link to that in the description. For a limited time only, you can get 15% off buying a new Felix Smart. So check out the video, all the details in there. And a great example of how technology is evolving the hobby forward. Exactly. Potential to revolutionise the hobby. So exciting times. And just going back, George, to the conversation with Awaze, when can we expect this new tank? Very soon, hopefully. October, I'd like to think, so in a month or so at the latest. And I have actually pre-ordered the fish, so really excited about this. We're getting nine brilliant turquoise discus from my friend Mark Evenden from Devotedly Discus, and they're going to be about six inches big, 14 or 15 centimetres. So they're quite big already. So high impact straight away in the aquascape. Really excited about getting discus again. And is this the guy on the south coast? Yes, Eastbourne. Okay, well, yeah. we'll have a nice day out. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> Win-win. So back to the topic of liquid fertilisers, George. So give us the basics. What are they and what do they do? Liquid fertilisers are essential to provide nutrients to the plants. So In previous episodes, we've already talked about lighting, CO2, substrates. Fertilisers are another vital component to achieve healthy plant growth. So the plant will get its nutrients, so its its food, basically, from the substrate, which we've already talked about in a previous episode. They can also get nutrients through their leaves as well. 
So this is where the liquid fertilizer comes in. The plant gets its food from the substrate, also gets its food through the water. So we add the liquid fertilizers to the water. Those fertilizers feed the plant leaves and keep the plant really healthy. It is a potentially complex topic. So the aim of this podcast is to actually go through exactly what liquid fertilizers do, why they're important, different types of liquid fertilizers, different types of dosing, and we'll we'll just try to cover the whole topic in a hopefully an easy to understand episode. So it sounds like the nutrients are the food for the plants. Yeah. Um, Tell us about that and what different types of nutrients there are. Yes, you can split the nutrients into two main categories, macro nutrients and micro nutrients. Macro nutrients are nutrients that the plant needs in abundance, so it needs more of them. And micronutrients are nutrients that the plant only needs a very small amount. And another term for micronutrients is trace elements. Now a good analogy is macronutrients are like when we eat food, we have like protein, carbohydrate and fat. They are macronutrients for us. In a plant, common macronutrients are carbon. That's a really important macronutrient, and the plant gets most of its carbon from CO2, which we've talked about in a previous episode. Other important macronutrients include nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and there's a few others as well. Micronutrients are like the trace elements, things like iron, copper, boron, molybdenum, and there's a few others. So all of these nutrients are required by the plants. If there isn't enough of these nutrients, then the plant will go hungry. It will show signs of nutrient deficiency. So if you imagine a human being, when it doesn't have enough nutrients, we get thin and ill and things like this. So it's a similar thing in the plant. The plant will probably get pale growth. Its leaves might drop off or will get holes in the leaves. Another consequence of poor plant growth is algae. So it's really important that we feed enough liquid fertilizers and we feed the right type of liquid fertilizers and what types of liquid fertilizer are there haven't i seen you mix dodgy looking bags of white powder in the kitchen before now (laughs) yes you have Uh, and that is a really good point and we can touch upon uh, those dry chemicals hopefully the the police aren't listening yes but in all seriousness the, the dry chemicals are the raw nutrients they're like the raw ingredients that the liquid fertilizers are made out of So uh, I think it's story time, actually. Let's go right back to the beginning of my hobby when I was really becoming obsessed with growing the healthiest aquarium plants I could. I was scouring the internet, especially the American uh, planted aquarium forums, and I came across Tom Barr, who's widely regarded as one of the world's most uh, foremost uh, aquarium plant experts. And he had an article on his website, The Barr Report, all to do with the estimative index and actually to this day I still use this principle of adding liquid fertilizers and it's a great way to feed the plants it's a great way to ensure all of the plants have enough nutrients uh, to grow as healthy as possible so the principle with the estimative index or EI is that we deliberately slightly overdose the fertilizers every day And then we do a huge water change, at least 50% once a week usually, to reset those nutrient levels. Now, the interesting thing about aquarium plants is that they exhibit a thing called luxury uptake, which means that it's okay to actually slightly overdose with nutrients because the plant can actually use those nutrients. The large water change is used to reset those nutrient levels. So some people would actually deliberately try to hit a certain 
nutrient level because they've read that you know this for instance they want to hit a nitrate level of 10 parts per million and you'd need a test kit for that and you'd need to dose you know a certain amount of nitrogen to get that and it's you know it's quite a complex process but using ei we deliberately dose everything in a little bit of abundance and then we just change lots of water to reset everything so there's actually no need for test kits and this was a real game changer for me not only in the fact that i didn't need to use test kits the fact that we were adding nitrates and phosphates deliberately to a planted aquarium because back then i was reading in the uk at least that nitrates and phosphates cause algae now they do in a non-planted aquarium because there's no plants to kind of outcompete the elements there the nutrients in the nitrates and phosphates is nitrogen and phosphorus which are really important macro nutrients and actually by feeding these regularly we really promote the best plant health and the best plant health means less algae growth we've used this analogy before that plants and algae are always in competition with each other the better the plant growth we have the more plants we have the healthier that plant growth the less algae we get so it's super important to give the plants what they need if not more than what they need because they have this ability to luxury uptake so the dry chemicals comes in with actually the raw ingredients of, of these nutrients so for instance with uh, adding nitrates we often use potassium nitrate with adding phosphate we use potassium phosphate and there's lots of other compounds now for beginners this might sound really complex and a bit like a science experiment or turning your kitchen into a chemistry lab and a lot of people aren't happy to do that good news there are some excellent all-in-one liquid fertilizers out there which combine all of these macro and micronutrients that we've just talked about in one handy bottle and it's been a bit of a game changer in the last five to ten years that we can actually now produce these chemicals all in one bottle um, i won't go into the background all the recipes etc but just to, for the listeners to be reassured that these are available and they're very easy to use now the only real disadvantage with these all-in-one liquid fertilizers is that they can be relatively expensive if you want to dose a huge aquarium so if you've got anything over a few hundred liters or, or you know 100 gallons or so you will be going through a lot of liquid fertilizers especially if you have a high energy system and you remember we talked about balance you know the more light you have the more co2 you have the more plants you have the more nutrients you need so in in big tanks high energy tanks you will be going through a lot of liquid fertilizers and going back to our average tank how much would yeah. that cost for uh, to top up with liquid fertilizer yeah so we talked about the 20 gallon or the 80 liter aquarium in a kind of typical energy system sort of medium energy maybe with some co2 and moderate lighting you're probably adding about five millilitres a day. So a 500 milliliter bottle will last 100 days, so just over three months. And that will cost about £15 or maybe 18 US dollars for three months' worth. Okay. So that, I think that's okay, you know. But if you do have a bigger, bigger aquarium, you want to save some money, then dry chemicals using this estimative index method is probably preferable. And when have you used that method before now? I used it back in the day where there wasn't actually any all-in-one liquid fertilizers available so i kind of almost made my own using this estimative index method now without going into too much detail you, you actually make two separate solutions up 
and you dose each one every other day and then once a week you do this 50% water change and that's how it all works. I adapted this method, this estimative index method, to using this all-in-one liquid fertilizer method. So I deliberately overdose slightly every day with the liquid all-in-one liquid fertilizer. So for instance in our case in the Aquascaper 1200 we were using 25 millilitres of Tropica specialised nutrition every day using an automatic doser mm -hmm. so we'd never forget and then once a week at least I was changing at least 50% of the water which would make sure those nutrient levels didn't creep up and more importantly actually those water changes are essential to dilute any waste organics. And I've seen you use the orange and the green Tropica bottles so yeah. what's the difference? Yeah, so the orange bottle is Tropica Premium Nutrition and the green is Tropica Specialised Nutrition. And the only difference really is the Specialised Nutrition has added nitrates and phosphates. In a heavily planted tank with lots of plant growth, the nutrient demand is higher, so they need this extra nitrates and phosphates. In a less densely planted aquarium, maybe with some more fish and, and lower lighting, so lower plant demands, there's normally enough nitrates and phosphates produced by the fish food and the fish waste to feed enough nitrates and phosphates. So that's the main difference. And we, remember when we talked about energy levels, you know, low energy versus high energy. Put very simply, the green, the tropical specialised, would be better for a high energy system and the orange would be better with a low energy system. So it's all to do with what the plants need. And with all these methods, with all these different options and choices, do you need to have uh, test kits to make sure you're not adding too much? Yeah, it's a great point. And we touched upon that on the estimative index principle, which means that you don't have to have test kits because what you're doing, you're deliberately adding a little bit more than what the plants need every day and then diluting it with that water change. So the nutrient levels will creep up during the week. But then when you do your big water change, they'll go back down to what they, you know, the normal level. So no need for test kits. Put very simply, it's always better to add a little bit too much fertilizer than not enough. If you don't have enough nutrients, like if we don't eat enough food, you know, we get poorly, you know, skin goes bad, hair falls out, you know, and it's the same thing with the plant. If you don't give a plant enough food, it gets, gets poorly. One of the first signs actually of a poorly plant is algae growth. It kind of flies in the face of the old school mentality that if you start getting poorly plants, you should add less liquid fertilizer because the old school thought was that liquid fertilizer is just going to fuel the algae. But actually in a, in a kind of heavily planted tank, you actually need to add more liquid fertilizer to make those plants even more healthy to give them the ability to fight off the algae. So the health of the plant is um, an indication of if I'm adding enough liquid fertilizer to the tank. Absolutely. The first symptom you'll probably see of nutrient deficiency is pale growth and it usually happens in the fastest growing species in that tank. And we call this an indicator plant. So some of the best indicator plants are actually floating plants because they're nearest the light source they've got obviously more light intensity so they're going to be able to use that light and grow quicker they also have unlimited access to co2 in the air so they can grab all of this co2 really easily from the air so these floating plants grow really quickly and consequently they will show up any nutrient deficiencies the, the most so if, if you start to see pale growth in your floating plants this is the first sign that you've got nutrient deficiency. You know, like a canary in a mine? Mm -hmm. It's the kind of same principle. If you don't have floating plants, then it's normally the fastest growing stem plant in the tank. So a Limnophila sessiflora is a good example, or maybe Hygrophila cyamensis 53b. These are great kind of fast growing species which will show up nutrient deficiencies first. Okay. 
And with adding the liquid fertiliser to the tank, what frequency do I do this? Is it weekly or daily? We add it daily. I always recommend a daily dose. If you add a weekly dose, it's almost like feast or famine. So in my experience, the plants respond much better to a smaller, more frequent dose. Now, a lot of liquid fertiliser brands will actually on the instructions say a weekly dose. What I like to do is divide that by seven and then work my OA up from there. And like I said earlier, always better to overdose slightly. So let's say you need to add 20 millilitres once a week. Divide that by seven, that's about three millilitres a day. And then in a CO2 injected tank, I'd actually triple that. So instead of adding three millilitres a day, I'd add nine or ten. So I'm actually adding a lot more than what the instructions say. But especially in the high energy system, you always need to add that more. And the plants can use more of it without problem because they have this luxury uptake. Always better to add a little bit too much than not enough. Okay. And an important consideration always is the livestock. So um, are these liquid fertilisers safe for shrimp and for fish? Absolutely. Now, it's a common misconception that liquid fertilisers are dangerous for shrimp. Now, one of the trace elements or the micronutrients we talked about earlier is copper. Now, copper is lethal to shrimp in high quantities. But in the amounts that we're dealing with here in these liquid fertilisers, it's actually a trace amount. And interestingly, copper is actually an essential element for a shrimp. A good comparison is in a human being, we have iron in the blood to help carry the oxygen. The copper actually performs the same role in shrimp blood. So actually copper is essential, but only in very small quantities. So absolutely liquid fertilizers are entirely safe for livestock. And actually you could argue that they potentially improve the health of the livestock because by improving the plant growth in the aquarium system, plants are an absolutely fantastic biological filter. So the better the plant health, the better the plant growth, the more oxygen you're producing the more nutrient uptake you're getting. So those plants are removing harmful ammonia and nitrite and nitrate. So actually by feeding the plants really good quality liquid fertilizers, enough of them, you're promoting the best plant growth. The best plant growth means the healthiest aquarium system. So absolutely, liquid fertilizers are fine. So George, you say that you need to add the fertilizer daily, but what happens when you're on holiday if you're not at home to do it? What happens then? Well, you can use an auto doser, which is what we've got or you can ask a friend or a member of the family to do it for you. And if there's absolutely no one around to do it for you, you're just going to have to dial back everything on the aquarium system. So half your lighting period. So if it's on for eight hours a day, you could drop it down to four hours or maybe even three hours. If you're away from your aquarium for a really long period of time, then actually you can turn the lights off completely. And in a really healthy aquarium system, the plants will actually recover quite easily from that in a mature system. Now, it's always important to think of the fish and the shrimp and you know the livestock welfare first and foremost. So make sure that they're fed. But if you don't have the option of feeding your plants, then it's actually better, in my experience, to turn off the CO2, turn off the lighting and don't add any fertilizers for that period that you're away from that tank. If it's a mature system with already existing healthy plants and you do come home turn the lights on and the co2 and everything start fertilizing etc then those plants are going to spring back to life okay but if i can get an auto doser how does that work it's a simple kind of pump that's attached to a bottle of liquid fertilizer so in our case we have a five liter bottle of tropica specialized nutrition i drill a small hole in the cap put a airline into that hole and then the pump fits in line with the airline on the way into the aquarium 
draws out that liquid fertilizer at a preset amount every day, in our case 25 milliliters, and that's all done by your phone. And we use the D&D P1 auto doser. So it's just a single channel doser designed for one bottle. And that works absolutely fine for us. And that, these are quite cheap. They're only about £70, 80 US dollars or okay. so, which is, I think, is quite reasonable for that peace of mind of dosing every day at the same time. And you've never had any dramas, any disasters with that? No, none at all. And what's your alternative to an all-in-one liquid fertiliser? Yeah, that's a really great question. So the all-in-one fertiliser, by its definition, is all of those nutrients in one handy bottle. Now, if you wanted to tailor a specific nutrient profile then you can actually buy individual nutrients. So you can buy a bottle specifically for nitrogen, specifically for phosphorus, specifically for potassium, iron. You know, all of these nutrients can almost be bought, you know, as individual components. So let's say you had uh, tap water very, very high in nitrates, but very, very low in phosphates. You might want to add a phosphate-specific liquid fertilizer. So the great news is that plants aren't fussy actually for a specific nutrient profile usually. So just by kind of the shotgun approach of adding a all-in-one fertilizer, you're going to guarantee enough nutrients you know, to feed that plant sufficiently. My personal advice is not to worry about testing your water and buying specific nutrients to hit specific targets. Just buy an all-in-one liquid fertilizer deliberately dose a little bit too much every day, change lots of water every week, and then you're going to guarantee the plants are going to have enough nutrients, and then hopefully the plants will grow really well, and then you're not going to get any algae problems. Just keep it really simple and straightforward. And by using that simple methodology, you've had success in your own tanks. I have done for many years. And going back to episode six, we talked about CO2 injection. Is it possible to add CO2 via a liquid fertiliser? A simple answer is no. But we do have products that are branded as liquid CO2 or liquid carbon or liquid carbon booster. Now, it's quite a contentious topic, quite controversial. Now, the main ingredient in these products is actually glutahaldehyde, which is actually a biocide. It's actually used in laboratories to clean surgical instruments. It's, it's very, very powerful disinfectant basically. Now, in small doses, small enough doses, it can be safe for the aquarium. And it is said that it can help the plants grow. There's articles on this. Karen Randall, who's an author and recognised figure in the industry, she's actually written a a very long article explaining some of the dangers of this. It is a a nasty chemical. If you smell it, you can tell it, it smells a little bit like bleach. It's very dangerous to your skin, can cause dermatitis. And my personal advice is not to use it. Now, it is very popular because it is a very, very effective algae side. So people like to use it to control algae. But my personal view is that you should be using healthy plant growth and good maintenance practice to control algae growth, not chemicals. The issue with using chemicals to kind of put a sticky plaster over an issue is that as soon as those chemicals run out and you've not addressed the cause of the algae, it's just going to come back again. Liquid carbon products, use at your own risk, not a big fan, and they definitely have nowhere near the benefit of adding CO2 injection via a pressurised system like we've talked about in episode six. 
Sounds like it wouldn't be very safe for livestock. Is that the case? It's potentially safe if you dose it in accordance with the bottle. Um, but there's a lot of people that are tempted to overdose to get rid of the algae. And it's just nasty. You get it on your skin, you might get a little burn mark. And it, it's just not a nice not a nice product. And I, I don't recommend it. And any. you don't use it in your tanks? I never use it anymore. I haven't used it for years. Okay. So we've covered lots there, George, on this topic of liquid fertilisers. What's the key takeaways for people? So the liquid fertilisers are essential to promote the healthiest plant growth possible. Always better to have a little bit too many than not enough. Try to dose every day if you can with a complete all-in-one liquid fertiliser or use dry chemicals if you want to, if you've got a bigger, bigger aquarium and you want to save lots of money. But I always recommend an all-in-one liquid fertiliser for smaller aquariums. just keeps things really simple. Keep an eye on your plants. If the plants are showing signs of pale growth, then you can just simply add a little bit more liquid fertiliser. You can dose according to the bottle, but consider splitting that into daily doses and then adding a little bit more on top of that to make sure the plants are well fed. Don't worry about testing your water. You know, by using this daily dosing and this large weekly water change, you don't need to test your water. My advice is not to worry about buying individual component parts of liquid fertiliser, just buy the all-in-one. Super easy to use. I've had great results with it for many years, as have many of my colleagues as well. And tell us, George, what's coming up this week? What have you got in the diary? Yeah, I'm really excited about this week. I'm actually going to visit Horizon Aquatics for the first time. So this is a relatively new aquascaping specialist store in the northeast of the UK. So getting the train up to those guys, spending all day there, going to meet up with a couple of fellow aquascapers as well and potentially go and film their aquascapes at home obviously observing the social distancing guidelines that we're going through right now potentially four videos from that day so i'm hoping even to edit them all on the way back down on the train it's about a three or four hour train journey so plenty of time you'll be busy i will and then super excited again to see my good friend ray at scape nature we're going to be aquascaping a brand new scape for the gallery a Dua Pallida 30, an all-in-one paludarium system, which will probably fit on our desk, mm-hmm. on the office desk. And I think it's going to look beautiful. And I'm actually going to be chatting uh, with Joe, who works there as well. And he's going to be our new houseplant consultant for the GFS gallery. So very, very exciting to convert our kind of aquarium gallery into more of a jungle kind of theme. We're going to have loads of houseplants on shelves and just really give it this really natural vibe which I'm really excited about yeah and me and if you can give us some ideas for the hallway as well or the Mm. kitchen or uh, the dining room much appreciated turn the house into a big jungle (laughs) (laughs) excellent okay guys hope you enjoyed that episode thank you so much for listening if you did enjoy it please consider dropping us a rating and review especially if you're listening on apple podcasts don't forget you can connect with us on facebook via the George Farmer Podcast Facebook page. We have just reached a 1,000 likes on there, so thank you so much to those that have liked us. We will be giving a special kind of giveaway announcement very soon, so keep your eye out for that as well. I think that's it, Emma. Only to say, where can I go if I want to find out more information on liquid fertilisers? Oh, great, great shout. I do have a very good video, I have to say, on my YouTube channel, so I'll leave a link to that in the description. Do check out the bar report if you want a really kind of detailed uh, description of the estimate of index in particular. And the UK Aquatic Plant Society forum, always recommend this for all of your planted aquarium questions. There's a really nice group of experts on there that are always happy 
to answer your queries. So thanks for listening, guys. You take care. Keep on scaping. Cheerio.